This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting from separate locations amid the coronavirus pandemic, but we're still here to bring you the news. How are you doing today, Sam? Ah, uh, you know, I'm doing okay. Doing all right. How are you adjusting to not seeing my face every day? Yeah, you know, it's... Uh... Easier than you thought. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Or, or, or about as easy as I thought it would have been. Um, I'm trying to take a walk every morning just to uh, get out and about. Get the I blood flowing uh... a little bit. You know, also a time of day where hopefully there won't be many people on the street. I need to get uh, some sort of exercise routine in myself. Walk to the grocery store occasionally. Walk the dog each morning, but that's not much of a long walk. The dog has little legs. You're getting about as much fresh air as you used to, so... Yeah, uh, yeah. When it comes down to it, my life hasn't changed all that much. You know, I, 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 I gotta say, I, I got a text from the weed store today. The weed store is still open. Oh, that's good. It's an essential service. Let's, let's be clear. They're, they should not let more than 10 people in the store at a time, but... People need their weed, especially now. And I mean, unironically, some people really need their weed if they're like going through chemo or something. So good to see the weed store open. Agreed. Bad night for people trying to contain the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, There are now more than 376,000 infections around the world. Uh, Nearly 50,000 of those are in the U.S. Actually, by the time you're listening to this, it'll probably be more than 50,000, more than 16,000 deaths around the world, more than 600 of those deaths in the U.S., a pretty large increase in deaths overnight. I think the number was around 450 when we were recording yesterday. Uh, It's now jumped to over 600. Uh, But most important to the dipshits in our corporate media and... In New York on Wall Street, the markets are surging today up quadruple digits. This is probably one of those suckers rallies uh, in response to uh, the Senate and House coming closer to a deal. Um, Or maybe it's in response to all the people suggesting yesterday that we should all just get back to work for the sake of the market, no matter how many people might die from it. I think I think it's a suckers rally. I think it's probably... Uh, has to do with this the stimulus coming to a, a close as or or nearing a completion as as we'll get to in a second, but it, it's definitely a sucker's rally. I mean, it, it, we see this all the time when stocks are trending downward. At uh, the wild swings, sometimes involve uh, sharp upticks, but it's usually. Uh, optimism driving this and they're just throwing money into a pit I would assume and we're expecting historic joblessness this week this fucking week we're expecting numbers to come out to show that um, people are unemployed in record numbers literally hasn't been seen in 90 years or so so uh, good luck with all those stock buys today everyone Yeah, and we're really hitting the curve when it comes to the infection rate and death rate here in the U.S. right now. Um, We've seen that the U.S., the the infection curve has been ahead of Italy's pace 
And we know where Italy is right now. We saw the governor of New York come out and say that uh, the the infection rate is, is increasing at a faster and faster rate. Although the markets probably don't respond as much to people dying as people not being able to go into work. So... But yeah, once 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 the once the unemployment record unemployment numbers come out, uh, that's the end of the suckers rally. Yeah, I, I mean, this is also one of a few days in recent weeks where we've seen huge gains. But again, it's all about the moving average, and the moving average is uh, it's going down. Yep, worst month on the market since 1931. It's <laughs> nice. That's nice. Um, can we replace capitalism with something that works? I don't know. Just just a thought. Maybe uh, if any policymakers are out there listening and they're in front of their keyboard right now typing out capitalism is fine and we should keep doing it. Uh, suggested correction. Revisit that thought and let's do something else. I think that's a great idea. It's Tuesday, March 24th, 2020. Here's the news. The Senate looks set to advance a coronavirus stimulus bill today. Democratic leader Chuck Schumer and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin are still ironing out the kinks. Here was Schumer on the floor of the Senate just before noon today. I just finished a very productive meeting with Secretary Mnuchin, the White House congressional liaison Eric Uland, and Mark Meadows, the president's acting chief of staff. Last night, I thought we were on the five-yard line. Right now, we're on the two. As I also said last night, at this point, of the few outstanding issues, I don't see any that can't be overcome within the next few hours. In case you missed it, that was a football metaphor from Schumer about moving three yards closer to a touchdown. Unfortunately, you can still fumble the ball on the two-yard line and end up with CTE, Either way, progress is being made. Democrats not known for a powerful run game. If, if anyone is capable of fucking up the snap and uh, letting a linebacker just run through and pick up the ball and run 98 yards the other way, it's the Democrats. Anyway, last night, the disagreements were as follows, according to The Hill. Democrats want language limiting stock buybacks with bailout money. Republicans want limits on executive pay calculated on earnings from 2019, a year of a bubble stock market fueled by deregulation, no oversight corporate loans, and tax cuts for the rich. Democrats say they want executive pay from bailed out companies tied to median worker salaries instead. Democrats are also concerned that Planned Parenthood is going to be blocked from receiving emergency loans through the Small Business Administration. As far as bailout money oversight is concerned, there appears to be an agreement. The Washington Post reported this morning that the White House agreed to support an oversight board and an inspector general. That said, even with scrutiny, the bailout program doesn't inspire much confidence. If you're worried about oligarchs grabbing power during the crisis... The Post noted that the IG system and independent board are modeled after TARP, the so-called Troubled Asset Relief Program from 2008. TARP was used by Wall Street to preserve its elite status after plunging the world into a cavernous recession. 
The big banks famously emerged from the crisis bigger and more powerful than ever. Speaking of which, the COVID stimulus bill looks set to give the Treasury Department $500 billion to support a $4 trillion line of credit from the Federal Reserve. Secretary Mnuchin has said the money should help U.S. businesses get through the next three to four months. This number doesn't even include the $50 billion in grants set for passenger airlines and the $8 billion set for cargo airlines, which are also set to be included in the package. In related news, many people around Trump are telling him to ease up on social distancing for economic reasons. Actually, just before we recorded, Trump said today that he wanted the country mostly back to normal by Easter, which seems uh, incredibly optimistic. The pressure has reportedly led to a rift yesterday between the president and Dr. Anthony Fauci, the country's top immunologist since 1984, and a rare calming presence from the U.S. government under President Trump. These people pressuring Trump to get back to normal need to shut the fuck up and direct their psycho friends to the Fed. Discount windows open, you fuckers. In other news about stopping people from dying, the stimulus bill extends emergency unemployment benefits, but only to four months from three months. We noted how Democrats were trying to fight for longer extension for a longer extension yesterday. It got uh, four weeks out of that. The $1.8 trillion package also includes more money for health care. The Hill noted there will be $100 billion for hospitals, $25 billion more than Republicans' initial proposal, also $30 billion for, quote, care of people who fall ill from COVID-19. Obviously, no one who falls ill with the coronavirus or anything else should have to worry about paying for their treatment, and everyone in the country would benefit from knowing that every one of their neighbors isn't spreading disease, whether it be coronavirus or any other type of disease, a.k.a. we need single-payer now. We should note that yesterday, Schumer compared his push for assistance to the Marshall Plan, which was ultimately aimed at preserving capitalism. Trust me, read the Wikipedia page. With the economy in tailspin and systemic risk everywhere you look, the Federal Housing Finance Agency announced new rules relaxing regulation of federal home loan banks. Under the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform Act, these financial institutions with at least $10 billion in assets must be subjected to annual stress tests to ensure they don't pose a systemic risk to the economy, like what we saw happen during the 2008 mortgage meltdown and Great Recession. The banks had to put forward reports showing their financial health during three scenarios, a baseline scenario, an adverse scenario, and a severely adverse scenario. Under new regulations finalized today, though, the threshold for conducting these stress tests has been raised from $10 billion in assets to over $250 billion in assets, which would essentially exempt every single federal home loan bank in the country from these tests, with the exception of the government-sponsored entities of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, uh, the only two that hold assets of more than $250 billion. The new rules would also cut down on the number of required stress tests from conducting them annually to every other year. Also, instead of reporting three scenarios, banks will only have to report the baseline and the severely adverse scenario. The Federal Housing Finance Agency noted that it received public comments saying the rule changes are not prudent and that they could lead to banks being too complacent with risk. Despite that, the agency said it was moving forward with finalizing the new rule. The rule change was prompted by a deregulatory law passed in 2018 called the Economic Growth Regulatory Relief and Consumer Protection Act. 
It passed the House with the support of 33 Democrats. It passed the Senate with the help of Democrats, including Doug Jones, Tim Kaine, Joe Manchin, Chris Coons, and Claire McCaskill. McCaskill, who lost her seat shortly after and has been locked up in a green room at MSNBC ever since. Love to see bipartisanship prevail when it comes to deregulating the banks just in time for another financial crisis. In keeping up with our patchwork system of infrastructure, lawmakers are introducing a bill to help rural Internet service providers. A group of 14 senators, seven Republicans and seven Democrats have proposed the legislation, which would provide $2 billion to help these ISPs. Senator Amy Klobuchar announced the bill today in a press release, which was probably drafted in a process involving several angry emails over nothing at four in the morning. The release noted that the money would be earmarked for the so-called Keeping Critical Connections Fund at the FCC. Under the proposed law, the program would compensate broadband providers with fewer than 250,000 customers if the providers offer distance learning for students or free or discounted services during the pandemic to low-income families, quote, who could not afford to pay their bills. The senators quoted on the press release describe broadband service as a must-have in this day and age, Klobuchar said, quote, access to high-speed Internet is critical. Republican co-sponsor Kevin Kramer of North Dakota said broadband is, quote, an essential industry to keep providing assistance to people during COVID-19. This is definitely true, but to really treat broadband as the necessity it is, broadband should be treated like a utility. Many states currently prohibit so-called municipal broadband, publicly owned Internet service providers, 26 of them to be exact, President Obama's FCC tried to pass a regulation preempting these laws at the state level, but it failed in court. Under the Trump administration, the FCC has further sought to limit municipal regulation of broadband. And in 2018, one Republican on the commission, Michael O'Reilly, basically described city-provided broadband as, quote, notorious for their use of speech codes in the terms of service. Evil or stupid, I don't think there's a difference at this point. Nope, it's both. Finally, a couple of Inspector General reports released today to tell you about. First up, the Department of Justice IG conducted a review of the FBI's controls over their own weapons, munitions, and explosives. The report found that between September 2016 and July 2019, 38 FBI agents were disciplined for the loss or theft of 45 FBI-issued firearms. One of those stolen firearms was eventually used in a crime. 24 others were recovered. The IG found that the Bureau did not maintain accurate records like serial numbers, make, and models of eight of the stolen guns, so they were never found. The oversight body also found problems with how the Bureau stores ammunition. Reading from the report, quote, we identified weaknesses in the FBI's ammunition tracking and physical inventory policies that increased the risk of ammunition being lost or stolen without detection. We found that six of the FBI sites included in our audit were not tracking over 1.2 million rounds of ammunition, and another seven sites were not adequately tracking ammunition, end quote. How are they going to keep track of all those fake terror plots that they try to set up to get more money from the government? <laughs> the watchdog also found that the FBI wasn't properly tracking its so-called less lethal munitions, nor its explosive supplies. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which... <laughs> Moving on, a separate oversight report released on Tuesday by the Department of Homeland Security IG looked into the costs associated with a Secret Service trip with the president 
the costs associated with protecting the president on this trip to one of Trump's resorts in Scotland, the Trump Turnberry Resort. The probe was requested by Democratic senators who wanted to determine how much profit the president made off requiring Secret Service agents to stay at his hotel. The IG was unable to determine how much profit was made from the trip. It also redacted some critical cost numbers related to the trip, like the estimated total cost and the cost of meals and incidentals on the trip. The IG did note the Secret Service spent $9,662 on hotel rooms, golf carts, and logistical support during the trip. That's the end of the newscast. Uh, No poetry today. Maybe we'll have some new haiku to read tomorrow if you subscribe right now over at patreon.com slash district sentinel five bucks a month you get access to all the bonus content we put out including friday's garbage can show and you get your own haiku written for you and read on the air before we go we do have a call on the listener rant line to get to let's hear it hey guys uh just wanted to call in um and give you a little update about um uh marriott uh, which, in addition to being the biggest hotel chain in the world, is also a big local D.C. employer. Uh, about a year ago, I actually sent Sam Knight uh, an email I got where they, because I used to work there, and they basically asked us to volunteer to be scabs to cross the picket line, like like office workers to be scabs across the picket line to help like hotels uh, with striking uh, workers, help them, like, clean rooms and shit like that. It, it was awful and gross. Well, this past week, uh, with the coronavirus shutting down basically the whole hospitality industry, Marriott has furloughed all of its um, headquarter employees, So, and I think just all their corporate employees generally too. So uh, this really sucks for them, uh, the employees that is, because, because they're furloughed. They're not allowed to claim unemployment because they technically have jobs, but they're not going to get paid for at least 60 to 90 days. And so they don't get any unemployment, but they get to keep their shitty health insurance. And, oh, they can also turn in their uh, unused vacation time to get money. Uh, Marriott is one of the biggest companies in the world. It had plenty of money, but I guess it spent all their shit, the money in reserves, both acquiring other hotel chains and, Oh, what a shock. You guessed it. Stock buybacks. So this is really fucking gross, and I really feel bad for a lot of people. Um, I'm glad I'm not there anymore. But, yeah, just want to let you know that uh, in addition to all the all the the regular workers that are getting hurt but through, through the virus, now we're seeing, like, PNC is getting it as well. So if you think you're safe, you're probably not. Oh, well, keep up the good work. Cheers, guys. Bye. Dang. Damn, that that does suck. I think, I think with the stimulus bill that uh, could pass the Senate tonight, I think furloughed workers will be eligible for unemployment. I'm pretty sure, but either way, fuck Marriott, uh, fuck the Marriott executives, and it like the caller noted, it is an absolutely enormous corporation. Uh, and it, it, I mean, what, what do you expect it to do? I guess. I mean, that's, this, this is just what enormous corporations do. 
Yeah. Uh, we we got to take these fuckers down. Agreed. Uh, I remember in my hometown of Daytona Beach, the biggest hotel there was a Marriott growing up. So they are giant, massive, shitty corporation. Thanks for the call. Rantline 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We will play it on air. In fact, all Marriott's right now should be requisitioned to give uh, homeless people a place to stay during the during the pandemic. We have all these empty hotels right now. And we have a lot of people in need. Let's put two and two together, people. It's, it's the most obvious solution, but one of the most radical ideas in our system. Uh, well, uh, our system is rapidly falling apart, so that's good. Sam Knight, it's been fun. We'll do this again tomorrow. We're in D.C., so you don't have to be.